This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities. Taking a look at the wheat markets for Wednesday, March 6th. Well, wheat markets yesterday actually had a pretty decent day. We started out a bit higher, and then the market just continued to work its way higher throughout the day, led by Kansas City, and then Chicago, and then Minneapolis kind of filling out uh, the tail end. Minneapolis, which of course has been the leader for quite some time. In fact, it's gained 50 to 60 cents against Chicago and Kansas City. Uh, it finally getting a bit of a correction in those spreads. We are starting to hear some chatter about feed grain demand perking up. I think most of that is from a logistical standpoint. You haven't been able to move any corn hardly at all into the Southern Plains, Central Plains feeding area, down to the Gulf uh, Rivers. Flooding have pretty much uh, slowed down or stopped barge traffic. So we're starting to see the feedlots kind of push back to feed wheat and bring that back into the rations. Now that's probably going to be short-lived, but at least once they start into that ration, they'll continue at least for those cattle that are started on it, most likely. Uh, I think that's the bigger issue what's going on here. It's not so much you know a, a, a tight supply of any grain in particular. It's just the logistics not being able to get it to where it needs to be. In uh, the U.S.-China trade negotiations issue, uh, there seems to be a lot of chatter that we have already found a deal with them, that it won't be uh, officially announced until the two presidents meet and sign the agreement. But uh, it's hard to say really what they're going to get. It doesn't look like wheat is going to be a big player here. I think the markets would be responding to that already. Soybeans, of course, are going to be front and center from the ag perspective. Corn, ethanol, DDGs, a lot of that uh, business probably in the mix. Maybe some wheat, but China's not a big wheat buyer anyway. And they usually come for the higher quality wheat. So I think, you know, the higher quality wheats of Kansas City and Minneapolis, and I've, I've felt this way throughout the marketing year, that they eventually would be the leaders to the upside. Funds have tried to be bullish wheat uh, over the last couple months as they anticipated something from China. Most of that trade went to Chicago. So Chicago has been the star performer, at least against Kansas City, over the last couple months, but in the last month, well, two to three weeks in particular with Minneapolis surging higher, and Kansas City over the last week and a half to two weeks has started to regain some traction against Chicago as well. As we get into the growing season in the southern and central plains, we're going to get a good look at what that crop is like here pretty soon, especially in the southern plains. They really didn't have a harsh winter. They've had some recent rains, uh, so they, they at least should get off to a pretty decent start. The question becomes more as you get into central plains, Kansas in particular, where number one, they had a drop in acres, and much of the planting problem that that they experienced in the fall was in Kansas and in Oklahoma. So the question is, you know, what is, what is the crop really like? You know, we, we just don't have a good feel for that, even though the crop condition ratings suggest that it's okay. Even in Oklahoma, it had a pretty good jump in condition ratings this week, but it's very, very early. You're just starting to break dormancy. Oklahoma farmers concerned about uh, the tillering rate. If it's uh, it was not well established, some of it may not have even germinated before it went into dormancy. A similar situation in some pockets of Kansas, but it's there's not a lot of growth to this wheat as it went uh, into dormancy. So coming out, obviously, it's going to need a, a fairly mild spring. Plenty of moisture around, a lot of snow around, a lot of cold. So it's probably going to be delayed. 
and uh, that will kind of set everything back. So the market's probably going to have you know, a, a, a little bit later look at this crop, at least in the central plains. And, you know, is it going to be enough time for them to try to buy some spring wheat acres if it doesn't look good? Probably it's going to be tight. You know, I think I think this is two reasons why Minneapolis is really starting to, you know, blossom against these other markets. Number one, the lack of any confirmation of trade uh, agreement for wheat in particular kind of pulled the plug out from under the wheat market. But if China was going to buy something, it would come in for high quality wheat, most likely spring wheat. And two, that the the spring wheat market is, is looking at a couple weather problems. First of all, a massive amount of snow across the northern plains and cold temperatures still lingering. You know, we're getting into March and we're still looking at yet another week, two weeks of fairly cold temperatures. It's going to be a slow melt this spring and probably going to see some flooding in addition across the northern plains. So the likelihood of getting in the fields early is, is pretty, pretty low. And two, if you're going to buy acres, if the wheat market deems that it needs to get more production, Obviously, you have to go to spring grains, the spring crop, white wheat or hard red spring wheat, and you know you've got delayed plantings most likely, and you're you're just I, I think this you know the wheat market has an interesting dynamic here coming into this this production season. We got a billion bushel carryout that's probably going to grow with Friday's supply demand report. Exports have been a little disappointing. So we'll see. I, I, I doubt USDA will lower exports because once it got caught up with all the numbers, those numbers were actually better than expected. But since then, our exports have dropped off, and we've seen competition really ramp up again as we get out of these the winter months. So that's a little discouraging, and maybe USDA will be a little forward-thinking on that, but we'll, we'll see. I think ultimately that's probably going to be the case, and we'll probably see a, a drop in exports from USDA, and that obviously would likely lead to a, a bump in ending stocks. So already at a billion bushel carryout 101, 1.01, that that's that's a big number, and so it's just this constant big wet blanket over the wheat market. The, you know, we our window is quickly closing of our export opportunities, and we just we didn't get the government reports that would have told us our exports were big and better than expected until by the time this window was closing, and we were already seeing the export competition resurface. So that was an, an, a very unfortunate timing of a government shutdown and uh, I think really just we just missed that opportunity to have a bullish position or a stance or reaction I should say in the market. Now again getting back to spring wheat if you're going to be if you're going to see any kind of production problem out of the southern plains then or even you know the midwest for soft red that's had a pretty challenging winter as well you know the turn to spring wheat acres would have to happen would have to happen pretty fast farmers are finalizing planting decisions they're getting things lined up and for spring wheat to make you know a, a an argument that we should pull more acres into spring wheat uh, that's that's going to have to start happening fairly soon and and again We've seen quite a quite a bit of dynamic in that spring wheat market already, but that's because the other two markets went down. 
And spring wheat, interestingly, while the winter wheats broke below their trading range supports and just kind of melted, spring wheat got down to the trading range low and held. So it's in the process of establishing yet another bottom type of formation. We're retesting those those uh, trading range lows and you know we'll see you know the markets had quite a bit of support down here for much of the month of February well, the last couple weeks of February market bang 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 you know right against that low end of the trading range in Minneapolis and so far is holding whereas Kansas City and Chicago broke down about 50 to 60 cents out of that pretty pretty stark contrast to what's going on in Minneapolis so again the spread surging with Minneapolis against Chicago and Kansas City wasn't because all markets are moving higher. It was because the winter wheats kind of fell apart while spring wheat managed to basically just be unchanged for the most part. So that's why that spread moved. I think there's still some to go to the upside if you need to pull more acres into the mix. A couple other things. We got the Russian egg minister projecting 2019 wheat production will be between 75 and 78 million tons. That's up uh, pretty good from last year's 72 million tons, but still short of the 85 that was uh, the record high in 2017. The, the 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 Russian egg minister is also suggesting that if the weather you know is ideal that we could get that they could get up to 80 million tons either way you look at it it's a big jump from last year's production and that's going to spill over into exports most likely most of that will russian interior flour prices continue to push up against all-time highs but their fob offers for wheat have declined significantly over the last couple of weeks, down at least $8 a ton. And so world prices are contracting, and that's been obviously a, a big drag on U.S. prices as well. Exports continue a bit. Chicago Deliveries got another 267 contracts. Chicago, uh, Kansas City was just four. So just the mere fact that we're continuing to see some deliveries is, is kind of a, a negative tone to the wheat space as well. So technically, the market's still holding that kind of spike bottom from last Friday. We're stabilizing, especially in Kansas City, showing a pretty decent formation, kind of uh, forming a, a basing pattern with that one spike down right in the middle of it. I would say that that's probably going to turn out to be more of a longer term low. February tends to be a weak month for the grain space, in particular wheat, and boy did that ever materialize this year. One thing we have to be watchful for is the Russian farmer, who's been actually kind of a slow seller through the winter, anticipating higher prices. They're going to have to start moving wheat here pretty quickly to generate some cash for their operating expenses. They tend to run about a month behind us as far as uh, crop progression. So I would expect that you're probably going to see a fair amount of that wheat coming into town, which the exporter probably is anticipating, and that's probably why they're uh, making forward sales in the month of April um, and on, on out. But just be cognizant that that's going to be happening in Russia. So our February break is, is usually our farmers pushing wheat into the cash trade, and then you get the, the Russian farmer or the, or the Black Sea producers doing a similar type of action uh, over these last few years. So that, that tends to add fuel to that bearish fire as we work our way through February and into early March. 
So if you have any questions, feel free to call me at 1-800-888-9843. This has been Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.